Alex, are we live? Can you, because you should be able to see it on. Yeah, it says live. Oh, no, it says live in the top corner of this meeting. I'm saying, does it say live in are you? Like, can you see us in the group weirdly? Yep, just come up. No shit. You're live now. Are you watching? So is it weird? Are you watching yourself on the thing and then watching us here? Is that how um, it's working? It is weird now. I've actually clicked on it and it's liver now. It's a little bit delayed, which is freaking me out a little bit. It's, it's liver. Amazing. Yeah. All right. So um, what's going on, everybody? This is our very first ever actual well done recorded live podcast to the Facebook group. We've got Alex back, the OG, because we are celebrating 150 episodes of the Rugby Muscle Podcast. Can you believe it, Alex? And what a day to fucking do it on. So excited. The day when the world is shutting down. This was it ending. The, I mean, it's not ending. It's not the apocalypse. You just have to not be... You, you just don't have to go to events with hundreds of people. Like, what's it's not... Even being there? What's, it, what do you mean? Well, I mean, like, surely there's going to be hundreds of people attending this, right? Yeah, but they, exactly. But they, they can attend it from the comfort of their own home. So, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Right. So I don't think I'm going to go check the comments later. That's how we're going to do this. So if you're watching live, give us a comment because I want to, I want to, I will go back towards the end and answer any questions you have. But I also want to see that people, if this is a good time for people, um, because I have just, you know, we're already, we're 30 minutes late for the podcast to stream because I've spent 30 minutes investing and figuring all this stuff out. I'm not doing this just to this one occasion, not just for you, Alex. I want to get other guests, more important guests. Although uh, Tom, 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 Tommy, Tommy Hewitt might argue that you are the most important guest, judging by his uh, comment. He was well insta, wasn't he? I appreciate that. It made me feel good yeah. about myself. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I didn't. I did not see that coming. Yeah, man. That's um, cool. All right, but I guess we should give a public service announcement because it is National Coronavirus Panic Day. I think, like we've we've had a bit of a build up to it, but now we're like everyone's in full panic mode. Everyone is isolating. I um, So I spent yesterday literally going through all the CDC stuff, going through as much, like reading everything that epidemiologists were suggesting to do and figuring out, like, is this something that I really need to properly worry about? Because I'm in charge, like, I'm head coach of Boulder Rugby Club, which means I have 35 plus guys on, every Tuesday, every Thursday, every Saturday that I'm in charge of. And really, the idea is that I'm in charge of them in terms of like playing rugby, you know, playing rugby better. But now mm -hmm. apparently it's it's now my job to control pandemics and be the bad guy for that. And so I was figuring out, do I have to be the social, socially responsible one? And obviously we're all waiting for like someone above us to make the call. Yeah, like, it's going to be well over there, right? Yeah, I know. We're waiting for USA Rugby to say, no, you can't do that. But then USA Rugby took forever and then just kind of passed the buck and just said, oh, maybe you shouldn't do stuff but we can't enforce anything. I'm like, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Like, that's what you should be doing. So that's what governing body does, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I was like, fuck it. I'll be the bad guy. I'll cancel practice because at the end of the day, like it's, it's 30 plus guys throwing a ball around, sharing bodily fluids. Um, who knows who's got it? Who knows, who knows who's got it? Who knows who hasn't? And because like, that's the scary thing, right? Is that first two weeks where it's undetected mm -hmm. and like, I'm, I'm going to preface this all with saying like, I'm not an expert on this. <laughs> it's like shock horror. I'm not an expert. Alex, are you an expert? No. 
Can you monitor the Facebook group? Because if someone, if someone that there is an epidemiologist on the Facebook group joining us live, I'd like to hear from them. But I don't think there's going to be, and that's the issue: is that we've all got an opinion. So I, I just, you know, read as much as I could and made the call. Um, and you know, you, you're all touching the ball. You're going to touch your face, then you're going to touch the ball again, and then someone else is going to be touching their face, and it's just, just not good. Um, and like, it's about as perfect a way as you could spread the virus as you can is getting 30 dudes going around different places. Rubbing each other. Yeah, yeah rubbing each other up and down, grabbing balls and then grabbing their face. It's just not a good idea. So I canceled it. And then after I canceled it about a couple hours later, um, our regional rugby governing body canceled everything until March 2nd, uh, March, we're in March. Jesus Christ, how fast is you going? Uh, April 2nd. So... Um, they cancelled everything there, which means that we are, you know, we're sort of in limbo. And this was disappointing for, for my team because we won by over 100 points in our first preseason, like our new preseason game yeah. last week. And we were looking really good. Like the patterns of play have come into place. Everyone's looking a bit fitter. Everyone's looking a bit more competitive. Everyone's understanding the system more. And they're a little bit bummed out because they're like, right, it's just as it's starting to come together. And this is something that I said to my guys, and this is something I want to say to everyone that's listening, is that this is a chance for you to stay ahead of the curve, right? You can still go to the gym. You can still go for a run. You can still work on your fitness. You can still do all of this stuff. Um, and I think at this time, this is probably when the your competition might not be doing that. This is a chance for you to really get ahead or at least not lose ground, you know? Don't do all this hard work and then let it go to waste for two weeks because you're not allowed to actually play a game. You can still do so much extra stuff and I would advise everyone to be as proactive about that as they can. Yeah, completely agree. I mean, I've not done much. I look for cheap flights and cheap cruises. That's what I've been doing. Um, getting a cruise on the Mediterranean, not very expensive right now. Um, but also, I had a guy who was, um, he's had a bodybuilding show this weekend. He spent a long time prepping, spent a lot of money on steroids, you know, um, yeah. but show's cancelled. But it'd be oh. fucking dumb for him to give up on that, right? Right. Like, all, all it did was show up, eh? he was lacking the hamstrings and lacking the back. Yeah. Show back into it, right? Yeah, I mean... Same and, idea. And, yeah, absolutely. Like, just have to prolong that peaking yeah. period a little bit or, or, you know, figure out when the, when the next show is going to be and, and sort of just deal... You can decompress or whatever, especially if you're... You're, you know, you're trying to peak for a bodybuilding competition, but if you're trying okay. to peak for any competition, you can take a couple of weeks just to step back, but you can ramp up that volume without competition. Yeah, for sure. Like, and that applies to rugby, yeah, training and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah. But listen, this is what two, three weeks where you're not getting a hit. Yeah. You have to recover from that shit. Like, Absolutely. And probably two or three weeks where what work stress is going to die down a little bit. Maybe, yeah. And what you do. You're figuring out a lot of PM. I mean, my work stress is going to ramp up because it means I've got a chance to really like knuckle down and get a lot of work done. But like my jujitsu school is still open. Like if you're still, you can still do stuff with a few people, you know, as long as yeah. you don't think that any of you have got fucking COVID-19. Well, that's what I'm doing here. I am um, cutting sizes of passes in half. So yeah. So you have a chance to like to stay away from each other. Well, that's the point, right? It's not, it's not that... No, you you're trying to stop anyone from getting it. You're trying to just slow down the rate that it spreads, so that the hospitals don't get overwhelmed. Yeah, I think that's so, that's the overriding principle. So if you, so if you're doing, you know, if you go to a game, if you go to a game when you've got three teams playing, that's going to be, you know, 
120 odd people all in one place all sharing sharing water bottles sharing like touching each other doing all this stuff like not a good idea um whereas if you've got you know if you're just practicing with 10 or so guys or you're just going to the gym on your fucking own you sanitize your hands you stop touching your face and you're pretty much good to go and barbells fucking barbells are disgusting right but barbells have always been disgusting if you're not what, yeah. sanitizing your hands after the gym and i think this is a really good thing actually um in general is to get people's hygiene a little bit better maybe yes yeah, it's shit we should have been doing anyway you know yeah 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 wash your hands don't don't scratch your eyeballs don't like pick your teeth <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah that stuff is like you should be doing that already and and like it reminds me of when uh like when i used to go clubbing <laughs> i sound so old <laughs> but when i used to i used to hate going clubbing one of the things i used to hate about clubbing terrible. wasn't the loud where well, it was the loud music and it was all the sleeves and it was the hangover the day after well, i hate all that stuff but one of the things I hated the most was I I have got an efficient system where I will I, I piss quite a lot you know I'm well hydrated add booze on top of that add, uh, and and I'm also not against taking public shits and, and that's a that's even worse this makes this scenario even worse but the amount of times I go to the toilet in a club and there's no there's no soap there's no soap in the in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. like it's that's so it's way too common and then i have to feel like a creep because i'm like can i can i steal some soap from the girls bathroom or from the bar like i that, and that, genuinely that, that's what i would try and do because ugh, like bathrooms are the worst anyway let alone if you go to a nightclub bathroom or yeah the i mean is to give the guy two pounds to freshen up for the pool nanny. i miss that guy the no spray no lay guy yeah yeah i miss that guy yeah but I'm not paying two pounds for a guy to to put soap on my hands. I can I can pull a towel out myself, and I can um, wash my hands okay myself. Hey, moving on. Yeah, let's move on. All right. Any other coronavirus related uh, public service announcements that you want to make from your completely uh, relatively uninformed point of view? Very uninformed uh, point of view. Uh, I guess don't spill people. Come closer to your uh, mic. Come, I, I don't think your headphones is your mic, by the way. Yeah, usually is. Anyway, don't spit on people. Don't That's spit it. on people got. is yeah. That's got. Don't spit on people until this is over. Afterwards, spit on yeah. all the motherfuckers you like, because yeah. that is the ultimate way to. You know, Joe Marler got in a little bit of trouble for grabbing a bit of a cheeky testicle, but if you spit in someone's face, then everyone's hating you. We're not even arguing if it's banter. No, it's just fucking disgusting. Cool. All right, so. We put a post up on the Rubby Muscle Athletes Facebook group. If you're in there, um, you, you would have seen it. If you're not in there, just go to Facebook, type in Rubby Muscle Athletes, answer the questions. Answer the fucking questions because the amount of people that I get that sign up and it says, where do you come from? Facebook. And then they say, do you have any questions? And they say, general strength. And I'm like, brilliant. You, you, you don't know what you're doing. Excellent. You're going to find no use out of this group. And this isn't like me trying to be a dick this is me trying to help you out if you if you come on and you say that you're not going to get any use out of the group it's just going to add more noise to your life don't do that like try and be specific about what you want to improve upon anyway, that's right questions eh? what's that that's three rants already that we've done on this um no, records every day mate nailing it. i keep touching my face all right so first okay, question my house. Yeah. we're gonna we're gonna get straight into it all right 
I'll say straight into it with 20 minutes in. Difference in any difference, if any, between a back squat and a box squat with resistance bands for power production. Or is it just personal preference for body type levers, etc.? Um, I think this is directed at you because it was posted like actually no, the video that I put is your deadlift. The picture I put is your deadlift. So but it was still posted. I'm sure I'm sure it was for you because I'm sure he's seen all your creepy band work and your kinky stuff. So do you want to knock this one out of the park? Yeah, go on then. So difference between box squats and back squats first. Is there a need to go rather than that many bands or not? Um, that being said, we need to clarify what type of bands. Is he talking like, well, I know he's talking, he's talking about bands straight up and down rather than like bands around the knee. Yeah. Right? So, you, so, so you can have, so you can uh, maneuver bands either to help you at the bottom of the lift or to assist you at the top of the lift. Well, we can have any kind of force that you like. like yeah. You look at, or look behind at you, yeah. Yeah. So we're looking at horizontal movement like that. We would have like a, a posterior force vector. Yes. Um, you know, I'm going to dumb this down a little bit, I think. Yes. So, yeah, so, he's, so he's talking about band. Uh, I, heard, I heard posterior force vector, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to put this into English for people. Yeah, translate. I've got a problem with this at the moment. Anyway, so what he's talking about is, is it better to have a box squat, which is a, a squat where you sit back as far as you can, try and keep your knees vertical and have a, a really tight angle of the hip? It, add bands to that to make it harder to stand up. Is that better or worse for force production than a barbell back squat, which is a normal back squat? Yeah, that's the question. Yeah. I don't know. I um, didn't ask it. Yeah, I'm looking here. Yeah, I, I, I reckon I, it depends on the weak points. But bands have a, a couple of really nice effects. That bogged into that down, please, mate. Where the noise is coming from? Um, sorry. So, good. what happens is we have an accelerated phase of a lift. Yeah. And then we have a decelerated phase of the lift. Yeah. The closer to the top of the lift, it, it, you can stop the deceleration, the more force we're going to be producing. Does that okay. make sense? Yeah. So by adding bands, we can minimize the deceleration phase. Right. So potentially, there's a. a because you're constantly for, still, you're still pushing against, you're still resisting that band tension as opposed to just sort of rocking it down. Yeah. Like everyone knows that at the top of a squat is cruise. Right, because we're already past the hardest point. Can it get yeah. a more efficient lift? Yeah. So bands can help with that part. There's another option like bands like work with strength curve of the lift as well. Mm -hmm. So my sense in the stronger part of the lift, the heavier uh, with the bands adders. Yeah. So you've got an idea there that might work. The issue becomes now back squat versus box squats. Mm -hmm. You might have some strong opinions on me. I think it's down to a weak point lifter. No, I agree. Um, I'm not huge on box squatting for athletes. I don't, I don't love it. Um, but then I'm not huge on squatting for athletes either. Right. So is that... Yeah, no, I, I, I would agree with you. Um, so I would say the box squat, as you kind of said, it's trying to keep your shins a bit more vertical. And so if you have your bands behind you, you're getting a lot of noise coming. Yeah, guys, we try and keep it down with this. Thank you. Um, tell them thank you. From Just me. thank you. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> a box squat, yeah, because you're trying to, because you've got that box behind you, you can sit a lot further back and that might help with mm -hmm. a little bit more horizontal style of um, force production, especially yep. if you've got those bands geared to uh, 
like rigged a little bit further back. So then you're trying to put thrust that weight forward. I can see that benefiting, but I also think that like there's a lot better workarounds for that rather than having to rig a band and measure it and figure out how far further behind because it then becomes a little bit more of an issue is like how do you start progressing that movement how do you overload it like what do you do you just keep the same band do you just add weight because then you're still you're not improving it as much and you're not improving the horizontal part you're just adding weight that you've got to shove up yeah so so if we, if we look at uh obviously Westside and louis popularized this right yeah um and they're saying you want 30 percent band tension and this uh what's it 45 50 55 percent bar weights yeah. Okay, that's what they're asking. Like, can you measure what 30% of band tension is? If you know you're, like, you're yeah, say so it's, a, it's a pain in the ass because you have to actually measure the bands or you mm. do some really complex maths with like elastic kind of dynamics. Yeah. So, I mean, I've got I've got shit to do it here, but because I need shit to do it here. But the average gym cover does not have the equipment to measure bands. For sure. And, 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 this is my general issue with um, bands and chains and all this sort of stuff in general is that for 99% of rugby players, like it's just something that is a lot more hassle for just rather than doing different movements and rather than just yeah. figuring out like this, like if you've stopped progressing in some mm -hmm. of the other key movements, or if you, if you're, you know, if you've, you've tapped out all of your actual sprinting resources and medicine ball throws and all that, and you just can't figure out how to progress, maybe, Maybe look at that, but I don't think that's ever going to happen. So there, there are just a lot more simpler workarounds for it. Um, you know, the Westside guys are great, but they're also dealing almost like solely with powerlifters, or at least that's the framework that they've used to build out the stuff that they do for their athletes yeah, as well. Absolutely. So, so what would you give to Tom? Huh? What would you give to Tom then? What would you suggest to Tom with power work? I don't know what he was trying to achieve. That's the, that's the hard thing about these, like, um, but how do I adjust this movement to work for me? Because I don't know what, you, you know what I mean? It's, it's very difficult, but I would look at, if he's trying to increase his ruck power, then we're looking at horizontal medicine ball throws. Um, you can scoop it between the legs. Kettlebell swings, like, are, again, kettlebell not, swings. oh, maybe, like, th they can work I like, better. But I like a banded kettlebell swing. Yeah, because it, it, but I, even then, I'm not the biggest fan of kettlebells because again, that, that progression becomes a little bit difficult. But mm -hmm. if you're just trying to get general power, like that can work really well. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else. Uh, you know, sled pushes. Gyms these days are getting better and better and better. A lot of gyms have sleds. Dude, that's like one of the fucking easiest ways. And you don't even have to do like sprints, you can do sled shoves. So, you know, you take a, jump shove, right? Yeah, take a little sort of a semi squat position. You're a 45 to ideally a 30 degree ish angle. Like if you can get as close to parallel to the ground while still getting traction on the ground as, as you can, boom, shove Tom's that bitch a, as far away as you can. Tom's a planker, right? Uh, don't know. I think so, so. Go on. So like he needs to be at his his knees around that 110 degrees kind of angle. So if he can match that up and he's doing it, yeah. Mate, flankers, flankers are contributing more to the scrum now than ever. It's yes. annoying. It's difficult. But uh, yeah, I mean, and just rucking in general, like getting lower. All right, I think we've spent yeah, enough we time on that question. Anything else? All right, cool. Next question. Any advice for days when you get to the gym and your body isn't quite right and ready for a full session? Could be from lack of recovery or physically demanding day of work, etc. Um, yep. 
Last time this happened to me, I did the same moves, but lifted lighter weights and increased my reps. Was this a good idea? If not, what could I do? And then he talks about deloading, but let's just answer this question first. Um, Because it does tie in. So if, yeah, first off, like if if you're not quite ready, I don't know what that means. Like what have you done to sort of get yourself ready? That you should have a set of um, procedures that you do to start your your gym, whether that's taking your pre-workout, whether that's going over your routine, whether that's just putting five minutes on the elliptical and watching some bullshit on TV whilst you're doing it. Like whatever you need to do to get yourself engaged. Like the amount of times I've come, I've gone into the gym and I've, I I felt like, like I'm going to train like shit today. And then I've, I've you know, put five or so minutes on the aerodyne. I've done a couple sprints. Um, I've done a couple sprints and I'm, I'm feeling engaged and then I'm ready to get my warm up done and I do my warm up and I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm really ready to go. Mm-hmm. So for me, that works really well. And then I get engaged. Um, if you've done all of that and you're still not quite ready, then again, like if you're just feeling lethargic, put some weight on the bar, like try and still get through your session. If you have to increase your RP, RPE by one or so, I would just crack on. If you have to increase it by more than one, or if you see yourself declining, and this might be what he's saying, like, you know, lifted. Um, well, he said he elected to lift lighter weight. So I'm not sure if he actually, you know, may, you know, I'm not sure if he couldn't lift the heavier weights. I think he just elected to lift higher weights and uh, lighter weights and higher reps. Um, but only then, only after your first set, can you really gauge if you're not ready, your first actual set, or maybe in your warm-up sets? I think I'd come at it from a slightly different point of view. Go on. So I'm looking at more so like systemic readiness. So yeah. is his nervous system in the right place to do the work? Okay. Or is his body beat up or not? Is it is he doing looking at it? So even though he might be, a, I don't know, 100 kilo squats, I guess. Yeah. I don't know how much people lift these days. I've got Let's no just, idea. Just to say 100 kilo because it's an easy example to go for. Okay. And that's his good day. And that's his 7 out of 10 FA or like whatever happened to be. If he comes in and his 7 out of 10 FA is actually 85 for the day, yeah. like we've got an issue, right? So the weight's going to be the same. So I think what he's saying is he comes in and he doesn't feel like he can lift as much weight. Yeah. Yeah. There's only one way to know that. It's a good measure of readiness. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's, there's some really complex ways to do it. Do you do, you do this to a good gym? You just get going, don't you, at the moment? No, so. I, I, I'm a, a lot of, personally, no, because it also depends on your phase of training. So I'm in a big yeah. hypertrophy phase. Yes, you need to. So you don't have to fucking worry about any of that shit, really. Yeah. Like, it's, but yes, yeah. for sure, if you're in power phases and stuff like that, 100%. Yeah. So for him, like if I was him or if I was coaching him and he had these days he's feel shit, I'd just take a vertical jump. It's only really simple. If your vertical jump is less than, like, it's ten percent off, for example. Yeah, I probably drop it. I mean, it's but, it's not the best way of doing it, but no, no, yeah, but it's it's a good, it's a decent enough way. It's an easy way. Yeah. It's a convenient yeah. way. And also, again, do this after you've warmed up and you've you've yeah. got yourself engaged. Don't go into it thinking out oh, because, you know, because if you if you like do a half-ass warm up, you go through all the stuff, and then you um. You do your jump and you think, oh, I'm going to fail this. I'm, I can't be bothered. And then you jump and you're fine. <laughs> You've got to get through it's the whole session. Yeah. 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 You're just being a bitch. Um, um, and I'm not saying that that's what you're doing, Ben. I'm just saying that that's a very common. Like, dude, you, again, it happens to oh, me all the time. Yeah. But I, I walk into my training. I don't want to be there like 
60% of the time. Like 60%? The, dude, I'll show you a couple of the program at the moment. I did 300 tricep extensions by, by Tuesday this week. Yeah. Oof. Like, my, yeah, my shoulders and back. Uh, are you said you got to improve your bench, so. Yeah, man, I want to get like a 180 to 200 kilo bench by the end of the year. Yeah, so, that'd be impressive. All right, but yeah. So but anyway, yeah, sorry for this. Um, just going for it. Blah, blah. Um, physically demanding and recovering before workout. What's the eating? That's, that's more your area than mine. Yeah. Has um, he got enough food? Did he sleep? Again, so so here's the thing, right? So I think if you're asking this question, this has probably happened a few times. You, mm-hmm. You're going to have to monitor a lot more of how you can control your day. So if you're if you wake up and you know you haven't slept enough, try and figure out a way to get some sort of recovery period in, whether that's a nap, whether that's meditation, whether that's just time, you know, an hour yeah. in the park doing nothing. Like figure out what you can do doing nothing in the park, not doing anything dodgy. Um, figure out what you you know. Pay attention to all of your what you're doing beforehand. You're eating. How long are you eating before the gym? What are you eating before the gym? And you you're just gonna have to figure out like individual differences you're just gonna have to figure out what works best for you um and sometimes if if this is a common occurrence as well and it's happening after a physically demanding day of work and you have a lot of these physically demanding days of work i would potentially look at even just if this is a regular occurrence how to deal with this i would try and put it in the morning like maybe get get out of the way before yeah that might suck but you go to bed earlier you're not going to have problems your your training might initially take a little bit of a hit like you're not going to be able to lift as much weight at 6 a.m. as you would do at 5 p.m. on average. Mm-hmm. But once you've got used to training at 6 a.m., then you're just going to use your 6 a.m. weights and you're going to be fine. Um, What's the deload? To, well, well, let's just finish it off. So I want to say that if this isn't a common occurrence, this is just like a one-time thing. This happens every now and again. Just take a light session and it's almost like a mini deload. It's like a deload, just one session, because you're not prepared to do that work that session. So going in and do, trying to do that work isn't going to benefit you unless you're doing like a lighter hypertrophy yeah. phase or if you're doing stuff like that. Um, just it's, worth talking about actually, mate, this take a lighter session. Yeah, you have I'm these gonna, days I'm, where you... Oh, sorry, mate, carry on. Yeah, so <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so you would just go in and you there's no there's nothing to say that you have to leave the gym straight away, but you can either look at, like, look at what other areas in that block that you're trying to improve or whatever areas, like maybe... You know, especially right, right, right now, if you're not trained as much, get more aerobic work in. That would be a really good idea if you're not a rugby training. Get some conditioning work in. Don't, don't crush yourself because you're already pretty stressed. So just light stuff, keep the heart ticking over would be good. Um, if it is like a strength phase for you, just practice your movements at a lighter weight and either at the same reps or fewer reps. Yeah, because then, that's a big deal. Yeah, if you if because if you lighter your weights and then you increase your reps, you're still gonna cause um, like damage and fatigue within the muscle and and well, systemically. Not just like, that, there's a neural deal there. They had a yeah. study up not too long ago about uh, duration of training have a bigger effect on uh, neural readiness. And when you're saying duration of training, that's like duration. That's not like an hour session. That's how much time under tension you're spending. Oh uh, no, it was end of session. Oh okay. So you're yeah. saying that if they increase the reps, they might end up taking a longer session? No, they just might end up getting more tired. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sure. I know it sounds really obvious, but people will be like, hey, I'll, 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 if I lift lighter weights, I'll yeah. be less newly impaired. But it's, it's not the case. Yeah. So essentially what you're going to do is do what we're about to describe for a deload, but for just a single session. I'd also add one thing. So yeah. 
Um, I'd keep a power session in the tank. Like have have like a go to power day. Does that make sense? So Lovely, on days yeah. where you're not you're not gonna lift as heavy, like and you said like drop the drop the weight, drop the uh, reps. Maybe pick up like a bit of speed in there. Like do some perfect reps, but do them fast. Yeah. Or have a have a sixty to seventy percent day. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean and that's a, also a really good day to have in your back pocket for like yeah, a day before a game sure. and stuff. Yeah, cool. Absolutely. Yeah, I think, TJ, you've got a potentiation kind of deal going on, haven't you, on your programs? Yeah, I like it. Yeah, sweet. So, it, yeah, again, it's it's not like, you don't overthink it. Just get some work done, but leave the gym feeling better than you did entering it. Yeah, for sure. Um, so let's move. And, and yeah, essentially follow the parameters that we're about to give for the deload in a, uh, in a single session. So mm-hmm. go on. In. So he says, he also says, um, secondly, what is deloading? When, why, how should it be done? Heard you mention it before, but I'm not really familiar with it. First off, can I just say that my, um, text correction and stuff always, always, um, corrects deload to reload. And it fucking pisses me off. I just wanted to put that out there. I like, so, I like calling it reload. I think reload I is better. I don't think deload is a word. Well, I think deload has pretty negative connotations as well. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I, um, how do you do it? Because I think I probably do it differently to you. Um, so essentially, I, I do like to preempt my deloads. Like every, I like to do every six to eight weeks. Um, I don't have too much of a problem with doing them every four weeks. I, but I think if you're doing them every thought four weeks, then, you know, I think you could just, you, you might be better off dialing back your training for those first two weeks, using that potential, you know, using that stuff to still keep increasing a lower load at a lower fatigue, then like ramp it up to as, as you go. Whereas if you're just going to go three weeks, crush it for three weeks, kill yourself, take a week off, maybe, but I, I'm more of a fan of like taking longer strides of training and it also depends on how often you want to switch up your block so this is all this all becomes a like part of a bigger picture right your bigger picture of how you want to train all the different um aspects that you want to try and improve you fit them in together and you what you're essentially going to do is um run a program aimed towards trying to improve you know one to three different um fitness capabilities whilst maintaining the rest like we're looking at strength speed power hypertrophy, like whatever, agility, like there's so many different things that you can do. Um, once you've finished your block, the idea is that you've been building upon building upon building week upon week upon week, session upon session upon session until you've got to a point where you probably can't really improve too much. And that's either because you've just reached your capability limit or it's because you've, because of these, the the weeks loading on top of each other have just hit a f- fatigue level that you can't continue to recover and come back stronger. And that's going to be a problem. You want to keep recovering and come back stronger. So if you can't do that anymore, that's when you're going to take a deload. So why I say I'm doing like preemptive deloads is I'm training my weeks ahead or I'm planning my weeks ahead of time so that we hit a point where that's going to be necessary, right? If you just train like a pussy all year, you probably don't need to deload too much. Um, right. Would you, is there anything there that you want to step in and uh, correct before I, before I just expand upon it a little bit more? It's, it's hard to compare the way you do your programming to the way I do my programming. All right. Um, so I, w- I would agree with a lot of what you said in the context of the way you do your programming, for sure. If, if you're doing that block validation, 
like kind of stuff. But yeah, I think it's bottom. I yeah. think you're absolutely right. If people aren't training hard or give a very low training age, then sure, you probably don't need to do that as much. Yeah, well, the the I'll, yeah the like the way because I'm only preempting them because I'm predicting that that fatigue is going to be so high or that we're going to reach a level where we can no longer improve. If you think that you can improve and if you think that you're not run down the next week, don't take that deload. Carry on. And, yeah. and go really hard so that you might have to take a deload the next week or the next week, particularly if you want to try and um, change your objectives with the next training block. Yeah. So I think you can be more precise because I've spoken to you about the way I do my programming recently. No. Nope. Last year or so. Okay. So uh, how long do we have? Uh, <laughs> Seriously. Give me five uh, minutes. Five no, three minutes. minutes. Give, give me three minutes. Three minutes. minutes. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. Well, it's a time. Okay. I am. Cool. Tell me when to go. Alexa, set a timer for three minutes. Okay, sweet. So we have a specific length of time it takes the body to adapt to a certain stimulus, correct? Yes. Everybody's going to be different to an extent. Yeah? So yeah. if I give you the same thing to do over and over again, that's my phone going. That's actually my coach giving me a text. Don't, don't blame me. Don't, mate, you're wasting your three minutes. So... If it take, if I give you a certain stimulus, and the only thing we change about the stimulus is the loading, okay? So load goes up as much as you can handle per week, yeah? That's only one thing the body has to adapt to. So we can say, okay, this week we're going to do this, weight goes up, this week weight goes up, weight goes up, weight goes up. Everyone has a consistent strength curve, the time it takes them to adapt to the stimulus, okay? So now I know if I can track when the measurements go up every single time, and I can track when it stops going up, then we have to get to the point where we have an adaptation stop. Okay, so for say one of my athletes to have 15 exposures to the deadlift, or they stop adapting to it. So that means that their cycle length is always 15 deadlift exposures, or the cycle for the bench press is 17 bench press exposures. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. So now I don't have to predict, I don't have to guess what's going on. I know as long as I keep like most of the stimulus fairly similar. Mm. I will never I'll never expend excess energy. I'll never do an extra week training that shouldn't happen or I would undershoot by stopping a week early for doing that. Yeah. Um, so, so so what you're doing, you're trying to predict what's going to happen. I would argue that the human system is too complex for me to do that. There's too many upside variables that yeah. I would have as, as few variables as possible. And yeah. judge it that way. Yeah, I agree. Um, and again, we're, we're sort of programming for different things and we have different... Yeah, very different. Very like, different. like our base is very different. Like the features of everything, like obviously they're sharing a lot of similarities, mm-hmm. but we come, we, we almost start from a completely different place. Yeah. And so that makes I mean, our views a bit different. That's interesting though. I like, I, like, yeah. I like that idea and, you know, I can definitely see the merit in that. I would try and do it, especially for like real specific outcomes. Yeah, problem is with, right? yeah, but problem is with rugby is that like and, and all the different things that we're trying to improve here, like I like to be a little bit more subjective because it's just that is it's almost yeah, impossible to. to tell. Yeah, I mean, for, for people who don't know, like because people I've not done that by time. That wasn't the three minutes. No, that was no, a, sweet. For people who don't know, like I I do a lot of the power of things end of stuff rather than rugby stuff now. Um, so I only have to worry about being strong. I don't have to worry about being aerobic. I don't have to worry about being fast. You know? Yeah. I don't have to worry about one thing. 
the way this wheelchair okay. stuff is, uh, is a little bit different. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, oh, that's your three minutes. Dude, you nailed it. Alexa, stop. Shut up, Alexa. All right. So, um, second part of the question is, how, you know, how do you do it when? So, we've sort of, we've mentioned the when, we've mentioned the why, we haven't mentioned how it should be done. Do you go for the juggernaut method? Uh, that's 70 90% style. It varies. It varies how I, okay. it, it varies upon what we've just been working on, uh, what's the next phase, and the person's life. So, there is no one's perfect way to do it. Because essentially the whole the whole goal of the deload is to try and alleviate the fatigue to get ready for a whole new bout bout of training. Mm -hmm. That's it. Okay. Now whether that fatigue, if that fatigue is from just you're so bored of the gym and you're so bored of your routine, um, like just don't go to the gym. Just have a week off the gym. I'm absolutely fine with that, uh, and I've become a lot more of a fan of that. Especially like when you've we've got these, you know, we're traveling more and more these days. Like it's become, become a lot easier to go on like short term vacations and stuff. Like, don't worry about like if you just go away and don't go to the gym, Jesus Christ, you're gonna you're gonna be so unfatigued. Like you're gonna be, be right. yeah. Like um, I actually spoke with testosterone expert Ali, who's coming on the who she she her podcast will go live probably in two weeks, and she was saying about how a lot of people go away on vacation and they think they're eating so much crap, but they lose weight because they're just so de-stressed. So yeah. whatever you can do yeah. to de-stress, if you're an Olympic lifter, particularly if you're lifting in a lot of like, or if you're doing things that require a lot of skill, it's an idea to keep going into the gym just to keep practicing mm -hmm. that technique. Now, again, you can practice that technique. Like you can do like a, if you're normally doing your hundred kilo squats, you can go in and just practice squatting perfectly with like 50, 40 kilos and just nailing every single lift. That's not saying doing it as hard as you can or anything. It's just making sure that every movement is precise as possible. You, you're not trying to ramp up the reps. Um, because again, you're, then you're going to still carry on creating fatigue. You're not worrying about getting better this week in terms of like physically. You're not worried about trying to become a stronger, faster, more jacked or anything in that week. This week is to get you ready for the next six to eight to whatever, however long you're going to go before you deload again. And yeah, that's, really, that's really important. So if you, so say if you, you, could, you could go for a year and deload for, I don't know, if you, if you went two months deload, two months deload, You'd you'd be deloading for about uh, six weeks throughout the year. That's yeah. You've still got forty five or so weeks to improve. So focus on those forty five to improve. Focus on alleviating, doing nothing other than alleviating fatigue for that for the deload weeks. Um, yeah. So That's what's the issue lower reps, three weeks on, one off. Yeah. So you can either um, half sets, half reps, half weight, or a combination of two of the three is what I like to do. I like to combine sessions as well. Again, because then it's just time away from the gym. Um, I like to start my week out. Actually, it really does depend. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, I hate giving that answer because we're trying to be specific. We've got a podcast here. We can really go into the nuance. So I like to try. So actually, fuck it. Let's do that. If you're going to do a new phase of training that you're completely unfamiliar with, you don't know where any equipment is, instead of doing a deal, instead of just halving what you've done the week before, do your first week of training, but just play around with it and just play around. Like just do one to two sets or do half the sets with a really light weight. Don't go anywhere near preload yourself. Yes. Yes. Oh, preload. Fucking love that. I used okay. to call it, I, I call it an intro week, but yeah, like go in, play around with it, 
do what you can. You could, like we've said before, you can also take the week off. You can also do your old stuff. Like it, it, it really does depend. But you're you're just gonna go in there with the goal of by the time that week's over, you're starting a new block of training and you're ready to fucking go. Yeah, nice. Um, basically, agree. I like doing something different. Right, but I, I, I know, and I was gonna preface it. I was gonna make sure I mentioned this. If you do do something different. That's okay, but don't don't like, you know. People have said, "Oh, you know, I'm a, I'm I'm usually a powerlifter. Do you think it's okay to go do CrossFit for a week as my deload?" No. Yeah, no. That's God no. Like that's a yeah. terrible idea because that's going to give you nothing more than like a shit ton extra fatigue. And the whole point is to alleviate that fatigue. Um, so I'll give a quick example of how I do it with my guys, real quick. And, I, and I go, before that, yeah. let me just fin- round off this point. I've done that. I've made that mistake a ton of times myself. Like I've done, like, I'm like, Oh, you know, I'm in a power phase. Um, let me practice instead. I'm going to go and do, uh, different classes or whatever it is. I'm going to go do some other, like, then I'm just creating fatigue and then I'm not ready for week one of my training. Or maybe I'm just about ready for week one, but a time week two and three rolls around that fatigue's already gone way up and I'm, I'm buggered. I've, I've messed myself up and I've sort of cut my nose off to spite my face. And I've done it before. So, don't worry again your main concern is alleviating fatigue don't worry about getting better yeah absolutely i think if you had to sum up in like a few words alleviating fatigue is, is basically it yeah. um if you're going to do something different you want that something different to hopefully potentiate the next phase of training so for you if you're in a power phase doing crossfit is fucking dumb because it's going to reduce your power output yeah yeah you all right buddy oh dry eyes but, okay Get emotional. Um, get emotional. It's true, mate. This talk about CrossFit upsets people. Um, so, if I give you like literally an example of someone's on deload this week, they came off a strength block because obviously they always do strength blocks, and what they're doing is gymnastic shit and power work. That's it. But they're doing it at such a low level, like they they might have done like a hundred jumps in the week. For sure. That's it, and like, that, that's all we're doing. But that power will potentiate the next phase. The movement stuff will teach them to move better for the next phase of training. That's it. So I say, in terms of duration, I take thirty percent of developmental phase time. Beautiful. Yeah, I think that thirty percent is a good, like, sort of ballpark figure to go for. If you just yeah. go in and just think, right, like, deload week means thirty percent, you're probably going to be in a good. Uh... Yeah, and it depends on fatigue again. I've had people take four day deload weeks. Yeah. All right, Ben. Also, shout out to you, Ben, because he was the only one that's uh, the, the, the last one I can really remember. Because so the two questions that I ask on this Facebook group is where do you come from? So if you came from the podcast or wherever you found the group, like let me know. And the other question is like ask a question that I that you want answered. <laughs> said, you know, uh, most people just say uh, general fitness or ways to get fit or you know what I mean ideas. I'm like, what, what do you want ideas for? Like, no idea. Like, but this, but um, shout out to Ben because he actually gave this detailed question in his like, hey, can I join the group? This is one I want to ask. So shout out to you, Ben. And if you're listening and you want to join the Facebook group, follow Ben. Be more Ben. Be more Ben. Sweet. Shout out to Benny Matthews. All right. So next question, we've got Anthony Damico who says, I'm trying to figure out if I am having loading issues or tracking issues with my knee. What would some effective exercises be to build out my inner quad without overloading my patella tendon? Knee stuff. Can we just drop out the word inner quad? 
Let's say build quads. Oh, why? Because I don't think I know enough to be able to say directly in a quad. Like, I don't think I know something that will isolate that over anything else. And I think this is probably just a failing on my part. No, go on. It's all right. Sweet. Um, so just to build quads without opening teletent. Yeah. Sweet. I like Spanish squats. If you don't know what they are, um, go and look up Donny on Instagram. Donny Shankle? Oh. Donny Thompson. Much fatter than Donny Shankle. Yeah. I don't know too many Donnies, but apparently they're all jacked. So, good. So, Donny Thompson. Donny, Donny Thompson. Do you, want, do you want to sort of give a bit of a description yeah, so, just so that, tease so that people do look it up? Yeah, so I've, uh, there's a, I've got a couple of issues with this, to be honest, mate. That injuries are products of overloading tissue. I, we spoke about this the other day. So yeah. injuries are products of, of passing the tolerance of your tissue. So mm-hmm. so what we really want to do is rather than saying, can we... Um, it was an injury question, right? As it was. Yeah, well, he's, 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 trying, uh, he's having issues with his knee. So um, I, I think he's trying to figure out if it's loading issues or tracking issues. Okay, first of all, sort your feet out. Make sure your feet do good stuff. Um, yeah, it's hard. To, so, so here's the problem with this question: is that like we're we're try, we're having a hard time figuring out like what you're trying to improve here, and how. And I think it's because he's pro- he's probably I would guess that he's coming at this from sort of a squatting sort of yeah. standpoint, and he's having trouble um, with squatting and maybe getting some sort of like patellar issues with with his squatting. Um, and I would also I would already defer this to going back and say you don't need to back squat like for the yeah. most part. So if you're having tracking issues with your knee, that would reveal itself more in like your jumping and your landing and your other mm-hmm. mechanics. If yeah. it's just your squat, then we're looking at some sort of overload. Then, then we might be looking at a, a loading issue. That would be the easiest way to yeah. tell whether it's a loading issue or a tracking issue. If you if you if you can jump or if you can deadlift maybe even to an extent, or if you can, yeah. like, yeah, if you do other movements, like counter movement jumps, if you drop from the ground, let yourself lower, jump straight back up, and you see your knee cave in, maybe you've got tracking issues. If you can do those perfectly fine, if you can squat perfectly fine with a light weight, mm-hmm. but as soon as you go start to go towards your, your, your like, heavier sort of weights, and then the yeah, knee caves weak. in, then, then, yeah, then you've got loading issues. Yeah, um, so I guess, but, I guess, check the feet, check the hip, is that good? Yep. And then, and if you don't need to squat, don't do it. Yeah. And also don't overthink it. Like if this is causing your knee to really, really hurt, all right. But you know, the more stuff we're seeing, the more that we're seeing that like you look at Chinese weightlifters, you look at a lot of weightlifters, they they intentionally let their knees come in because they want to mm-hmm. push out with their quad. Yeah. Because you can put a lot of strength through, you know. Now, is that a good idea for rugby players? Maybe, maybe not. But if you're doing other stuff where you're keeping your knee tracking well, like especially that jump stuff, I'm touching my face again. Yeah, mate, if you can um, handle the jump, that's pretty fucking impressive. Yeah. It's fucking hard. And then even then, as long as it's not overly caving in, like I'm seeing a lot of stuff from Kia, the rugby strength coach, where his really powerful guys are still kind of letting their knees cave in a little bit. Yeah, I don't think it's that big a deal. As long as it's controlled for the next, it, next time. And again, if it's hurting, then yeah, then you want to look at doing some sort of... Um, I think rear foot elevated split squats are obviously they're, they're my jam. They're amazing. Um, Peterson steps are really good, I think, yeah, to build sure. that knee knee tracking. Yeah. So that's where you've got a step up, but you've got your heel 
like a decent, I'd say at least what thirty degrees sort of angle yeah, above your toe, yeah. and then you're and then you're going to have your um, so you're going to stand on the step that's at an angle with one leg, and then your other leg's just going to hang. You're not going to push off the ground. So I think Poliquin, rest in peace, used to um, prescribe that that your toe would face up because then if your heel's hitting the ground, then you can't push off after that. Yeah, I go, I go heel on a plate do it oh okay yeah that way so, you can't, uh, yeah yeah that's actually really good idea man i wouldn't have thought about that it's good yeah um and then you i mean we can look at tkes and stuff but i, I was a, like heavy tks i quite like but i'm just like heavy tks yeah so that's when you might want to start messing around with bands again but yeah. um anthony like we do we're gonna do these um live q a's a lot more or i'm at least i am so if you can give us more details on that, we can give you a more detailed answer. Yeah. Um, Lucky, Lucky J asks, funniest thing you've seen on a rugby field? Jeez. Mate, I've seen, I've seen a lot of funny some, things. Yes, yeah, some weird shit. Um, um, let me go first. Yeah, you can, yeah. uh, let's do, let's do like three. Oh, dude, I don't know how much I can talk about. All right. Yeah, I know. Like, like, what's that point? Like, where everyone's married and got kids and girlfriends now? I don't give a fuck, right? So, first thing, funniest thing I've seen has got to be Sam Fig. Um, Yeah, I was thinking that one, yeah. So, uh, this is when I was playing for Poland, so I I couldn't play uni Mm -hmm. games or college games, like, because I would just didn't want to risk injury. It was weird. Actually, no, because of Amtil. So, I was getting paid from another club, so I couldn't couldn't um, mm-hmm. risk the contract. So I would just go watch, and then all of a sudden we're in a ruck, or there was a ruck happening, and then you hear a bit of a yell. <laughs> I think you heard. Like did you did you hear a? Yeah, I don't remember. Loud. Oh yeah. yeah, it was a loud a loud thud. Then all of a sudden the guy's screaming. Both teams part away, and then I guess as someone that's somewhat responsible, I came on the field to help him out. Oh my. Yeah. I was looking at a picture of that the other day. It's pretty. Yeah. Oh my, uh, oh my fibula! <laughs> like poking yes. out of the side of his foot, like the whole yeah, thing. Was it the skin oh. wasn't broken? It was more like just a big old bulge. And, and then I want to say that the funniest thing was like I'm not going to big myself up and say I'm hilarious, but I did get my phone out and I was I took a picture. I was going to take a picture. He's like, no, no, I don't want to take a picture. I'm like, mate, what are you going to do? How are you going to stop me from taking this picture? Shut up. I'm taking it. <laughs> and and then he was like, oh, yeah, fair enough. And then he got on the laughing gas and enjoyed it. It's fine, yeah. Uh, Alex, what else have you seen that's funny? We used to have this Christmas game back at my first club. Oh, God. Um, where, yeah, where every time he scored a try, you'd have to take a shot. Yeah. Jesus. Um, that was pretty That was pretty. Shot cool. of what? Whatever, whatever the barman gave you. Do we had a bar like, on the pitch side? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that was pretty cool. That was good. Um, got a bit messy. Saw some guy drinks Foxborn, so that was nice. Yeah. Oh, all right. Um, what else have I, I? I've seen like there's so much shit chat that I've seen that yeah. I can't even like. I think there was one where we were playing this winger who had dreadlocks and uh my buddy called him predator and he was it was something like you're the shittest winger ever predator and like he he said it at like just as the re- just after the referee blew the whistle so everyone was kind of quiet and the whole rest of the pack was just like oh that's just oh. And i think, I, think they might have even, I, I genuinely think they went 
cool. That's even bad for TJ chat. Like, because <laughs> I that that was one thing. Like, I used to love rugby because you could just trot. You you just go around trolling people, and like, you're, you're I, best friends. I was winding up some German fella, and I remember, um, it was like my second game. Yeah, it was my first ever start for Poland. I was winding up this German fella. We were winning, and they were getting frustrated. I remember actually laughing because I was like. Uh, I laughed and I just spoke in English at this guy and he was like, oh my God, you're not Polish or something like that. And he gave me shit. And then I just kept winding them all up as we were in the lead. And then uh, our uh, physiotherapist come on the field at one point and he was like, oh, Tom, you like to provocate. <laughs> I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, okay. I do, bud. You, you've got, you've under- yes. I was like, yes, yeah. yes, that's exactly what I like to do. Going back to college days, I just... Some of the nicknames just crap me up. Yeah. I like, like chocolate and vanilla Lawrence. That always makes me chuckle. <laughs> and like, yeah. It's just like, we can do it now. No, I know. I'm, yeah, what is it like? We're, we're out of touch, mate. We're, yeah. We are, uh, you know, in our 30s, and we've already become the old racist, like, oh, this was okay in my day, grandparents. <laughs> Because, oh, sure. like, how much has changed in the last 10 do, or so years? Do you remember when, um, I don't know if you were playing this game, uh, one of the Oxford guys was being big racist to Mowgli? No. Oh, okay. Well, basically, it kicked off because he was being, like, a shit. Basically, he's been racist. And that, that, that juxtaposition, right? so, it's okay for us to call him Mowgli. It's not okay <laughs> for him to call him Mowgli. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we call him endearingly, okay, you motherfucker? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's how fights happen. Anyway, let's move on from there. Yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else funny. I, I guess the last one I would have was the Poland game where um, there was, we're about to kick off literally like within the five seconds. Like the guy put his, the flyer put the ball in the air, ready to kick off. And then about 20 flares got set off in the, st- in the stands and around the field. And no one couldn't see anything. So we just had to stop for like five or 10 minutes. Like you just couldn't do anything because you couldn't see like five yards in front of you. But what it did make was the what, like one of the coolest pictures that we have is of uh, like the team, that, yeah. team in a huddle and there's just smoke around. You're yeah, like, I've seen that one. whoa, this is like on, like it looks like something out of World War One, but it's not. Um, right. Next question. Yeah. All right. I got nothing. I got nothing good. Uh, Chris, it's probably been asked before. All of these questions have been asked before, but don't worry about it. I don't take any supplements. Tried some for a while, but didn't feel any benefit. Dude, good start. So I think it's a bit of a wait, a waste of money. <laughs> I do watch my food quite well instead of supplements. Do you think this is a good approach or do you regard sup- supplement as absolutely necessary? Um, let me just start by yeah, saying I give out a supplement. Actually, there's a free supplement guide that you can pick up at let me i'm gonna i'm gonna make sure the link is rugby-muscle.com forward slash supplements um it's a google document um that i will send you your email and it's con it's like consistently updated by me as more and more research comes out um i have a list of essential supplements on there it's a blank page so that answers that nice. the yep. base, start of that question i agree um, that's basically it creatine yeah. yeah go on we'll talk about no. creatine I think creatine is fucking great, but I suspect if he's tried supplements before and he doesn't feel he does anything, he might just be non-responder. Mm. So, um, so the more 
this is something that I've I've updated my my stance on a little bit. So I just think it's a shot to it's like you got nothing to lose by taking creatine, like either in your pre or post workout shake. Again, Never. it could it's a good part. It's a good way to get that routine that we were talking about before to get you engaging the gym down. It's also um, like really, really cheap creatine yeah. monohydrate. They've tested. They've they've had crealkaline. They've had all these other different things because supplement companies want to make mm -hmm. a lot of money and they know that creatine monohydrate now can be just is just sold as cheap. Yeah. So they want to they want to tout it as something else, bump up the price and make it more more valuable. If anything, these things are worse. At best, they're just as good as the cheap creatine monohydrate that you can buy. It's one of the cheapest. It's one of the most well-researched. It's one of the safest. It, I mean, it's not one of the safest. It's safe. There's nothing wrong with taking yeah. creatine. It's going to maybe add a little extra percentage to the bar, to the weight on the bar that you can lift by saturating your creatine sores that allows your muscles to fire a little bit more efficiently. Now, that might help you get more jack because you're lifting more weight. It might help you get stronger because you're training with more weight. Um, you know, those sorts of things, it's going to help. It's going to help, but it will, the only sort of, it's not even really a negative thing, but it will add your water. It will add to the water retention that you can have inside the muscle. Oh, that's, that's no, it's not, it's negligible, but I would just be yeah. careful if you're in season and you're, you're going to try and like load it and you've never done it before. That'd be yeah. the only sort of watch out for this. Like just take uh, three yeah. to five grams every day. And again, it's something that if you have it in your pre-workout shake, it helps you get it as part of that routine. It might give you a benefit. It might be a waste of like five bucks every month. Yes. Yeah, it's worth taking anyway. Just Even just a cognitive benefits. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. I would say, I don't know how big this guy is, but I bumped up to like eight to 10 grams okay. a day just because I'm big and fat and I've got more body to fill up with creatine. Yeah, um, that's fine. But... The question, as far as is this a good approach? This is that's a phenomenal approach. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. And I've said this, I, you know, I, I repeat this on the podcast quite a bit. This, the fitness on the, the problem is with the, as the fitness industry has grown, the supplement industry has also exponentially grown. So a lot mm. of the fitness industry is funded by the supplement industry, and if it wasn't, then it would be a lot smaller. We, you know, a lot of these professional athletes wouldn't be professionals. Like it's yeah. the way they make a living is through selling these supplements or promoting these supplements. So there's a lot of money behind them. Um, but that doesn't mean that there's a lot of use behind them, unfortunately. And it's just, that's where that sort of line gets blurred. Like a lot of fitness act magazines are either owned by supplement companies or. Oh, they uh, yeah. Or sponsored, like massively sponsored by supplement. I mean, all that thing about if you go through men's fitness, how many sponsors, I mean, how many ads for um, supplements do you see? Like that's, funding that magazine's um production so they're going to make it seem like it's more necessary than it is it's completely not necessary um it's also good i'd say so we've got creatine and are there any others that you kind of recommend that like depends on the sport multivitamin um, oh yeah yeah i, I don't even know where so i've been i think that's almost like something you should be taking just because you can uh, if he's watching his diet not too big a deal but i would just in case but why not yeah again yeah. it's like 10 pound maybe yeah maybe two months that. or something like that yeah or ten dollars i mean the same idea with fish oil it was like you might as well do it yeah um, um and yeah fish oil so i i'll go through mine like yeah. uh d3 multivitamin fish oil uh b12 and that's because i eat mostly plant-based it's just because all this stuff is really cheap like i got all of that stuff 
no more than $20, I think. Maybe the fish oil is a little bit more, but it's like a 90-day supply, and it's really good, high-quality fish oil. Um, and, yeah, I, I'm, I eat mostly plant-based, so I want to make sure that I'm covering those bases. I'm not overly fussed by it. It's just, you know, and, and then even then, the, the, the other big overriding issue with supplements is, like, adherence. Um, yeah, it has you know, to be habits. Yeah. yeah, it's a good way to sort of get a habit in, and then it's one of those... Um, What's, I can't think of the name, but like it's a habit stacking. So if you're taking yeah. your supplements, you're going to be more likely to stick to your diet. You're going to be more likely to do other productive things that day. And if yeah. you've got your supplements like on the side or they've got them in the cupboard that you open and you see every day, sort of that kicks you into a good gear. So I don't see the problem in doing that. Um, but they've also done studies on people that have, they, that they're told that they've got to take medication to save their life. And they it's, and the it's is still at like yeah. 30 to 40 percent. So, like, if you're gonna do it, like, take it seriously. Don't don't waste your, it's an absolute waste of money if you take it because you bought into the hype and then you can't, you, you know, you don't end up actually, uh, or if you buy it because you bought into the hype and you don't actually end up taking it. Yeah, it's worth looking up a habit stacking as well. Read about that. Yeah. Um, James Clear, Atomic, Atomic Habits. Yeah, really, really good. I'm gonna try and get him on the podcast soon. Um, okay, so yeah, any other thoughts about that? Um, I think we nailed no. it. Yeah. Cool. Um, oh, and another one. This is actually the question. I twisted my finger too. Twisted your finger two weeks ago. It's not broken, but swollen, red and blue, and so on, like a true American, red, white, and blue baby. I know the right thing would be to stop training rugby for a few weeks, but I can't really. Actually, you can. You're probably going to have to. We, <laughs> Especially rugby. Yeah. Oh. All right. Um, what would you do? Taper up and keep on training, risk longer, takes longer to heal, or take a few weeks break and wait for it to heal properly. By the way, my rugby coach now told me, did he, like, oh no, it isn't edited. By the way, my rugby coach now told me to stop for at least a week, so I don't have a choice anyway right now. Uh, your rugby coach yeah, is probably going to tell you to stop for a little bit longer in a week. Yeah. Um, what I would say is keep an eye on it because this happened to me uh, at training, and now I can't bend with my fingers. So, yeah. So I always, I would like you keep an eye on that one. Make sure you can do it. If you need to get tangibly attached, um, do that. That's what so, I'd say. So go see a doctor? Yeah, go see a doctor. If yeah. something's if something's fucking swollen and it's been a bit of time. Like, like the bullet, go see it. Go see a doctor. Here we go. Controversial political statement. Vote for Bernie, and then you won't have to pay in future to go see the doctor. Well, for now, I've told my missus is in, is in the US, obviously. And I've been saying to her, like, just get an early flight over here. She's been coming in April, I'm like, to come earlier. Yeah, we're all going to get ill. It's gonna, everyone's going to catch this shit. Yeah. Might as well come and do it where it's free rather than. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, let's that. get out of the political stuff. Um, <laughs> I'm scared. I get scared that I'm going to get Trump's uh, people in red hats commenting to call this podcast shit like that. Uh, the one dude that I one only ever one star reviewers from that one guy that listened only to the keto episode because he probably typed in keto uh, rugby yeah. on podcasts <laughs> to try and figure out how he could do keto with rugby. And then we said, don't do keto with rugby. And he hated it. He hated listening to that. And he gave us one stars. He called us fucking idiots. <laughs> I hate it on my confirmation bias is uh, <laughs> not confirmed. Uh, no, 
Alex, no. He ca- he listened to that podcast with a completely open mind after searching Sorry. keto for rugby. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Um all right, so yeah, monitor it carefully. Now that's this is again, it's the same thing with what we said about the uh, COVID nineteen to like still train, but just get like figure out ways around it. So like if that figure stops you from like gripping properly, like when you're doing any sort of pulling exercise, for every pulling exercise, wear straps or get those. What are those up? What are those new ones that everyone's using now? Um, like it's like a they're like straps, but it's just one strap. Do you know what I'm talking about? Just sounds like a no. It sounds like a piece of rope to me, mate. I've got no idea. Um, I'm gonna have to try and look them up. Yeah, so, I use a I use a strong man figure eight straps because. If I time is up to the bar, can't possibly let it go. Yeah. Versa grips. Heard of them? No, no, never even heard of them. Yeah, Versa grips, I'm pretty sure. Let me. Oh, no. I'm getting people telling me I need to buy a Nissan Versa. Versa grips. I'll, yeah, Versa grips are the ones. I'll put a link in the show notes. I'll put, we'll put links into everything that we've talked about here in the show notes, which you can find at rugby muscle.com, not on the Facebook group. Um, Versa grips, just use those if, like, your the grip stops you from being able to push try and figure out sort of like if you can use machines oh, to nice. press and you can just use your use your palm yeah. to or press a fat bar if you have one yeah fat bar works or you know if if you can't even do that like look at sort of cuff training so you would yeah. just use the stuff that goes around your wrist and you can use cables or what or i assume you'll be able to attach like smith machines and stuff maybe kind of thing it'd be kind of awkward don't see, don't see why not but yeah figure out ways that you can still train without like really squeezing your finger and really like bars. monitor it tape yeah. and then tape it up as much as you can for when it when you do go back to training but maybe this couple of weeks will ha- allow it to heal it's something that i've been dealing with since uh I pre- pretty much since i got my blue belt in jujitsu we i did a couple wrestling sessions with um one of our black belts and I stubbed the crap out of my thumb and my little finger on the same hand at the same, not at the same time, yeah. but on the same day. And I didn't even notice it at the day. And then my thumb turned into like, a, it turned into my big toe kind of thing. It was Yeah. Do you, do you get that joint pain down here now? Yeah. It's, it, yeah, and, and, and it, and it just like, it's right in the capsule. Yeah. And so I mean, that, it just takes forever to heal. It's just one of these things. It's going to be a bitch and, yeah. and there's not much you can do about it. I'm luckily with jujitsu, you can like just work on your leg games and do other things that don't involve gripping and you can evolve other ways. And the same thing with the gym, like you got like use this as a chance to get better at the stuff that you don't need to grip for and use this as a chance to, you know, get better at your, or like maybe you just put your upper body or whatever you can't do. Maybe you just put that on maintenance, do what you can. And then you can ramp up the volume on your other things. And you're like, maybe you can start sprinting a bit more or doing whatever that is. So look to other ways that you can improve. Um, uh, Yeah. And my finger is still, like it's better, but I'm gonna be taping this for the next two years and just avoiding gripping for at least the next year. Like avoiding gripping the aggressively with my right hand, but that's I'm okay with that. It's gonna help me like improve my game, but it's fine. And it's every now and again I'll nick it and I'll be like, oh, damn yeah, it. No, I, I still get it. And then I'm like, out for I still a week. Get it here. I've not done jujitsu for like 15 years. Oh yeah, you did. Yeah, you I'm, did uh, Japanese jujitsu, right? Like old school. Yeah. My thumb still fucking hurts. Decent. All right. Um, let me check the Instagram feed for those last questions and we'll um, yeah. start to wrap it up. Cool. I don't believe we've got any questions on the live feed. I 
didn't the more the more any, that but... the more that we do this the more regular we get hopefully the more interaction we can get but um oh speaking of instagram you will you might have noticed if you're if you're following uh tj underscore rugby that i post i've been posting a hell of a lot less these last two weeks um i i got an upgrade on my phone and i've only kept instagram on my old phone because it's just a time suck um it's like and i go on there to do work because i you know i consider it a work account and i go on there to do work and i'm still like uh two hours later scrolling through just scrolling or, or at certain points scrolling 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 and i realized like how much time i spend on it and it's not productive for me um it's not deliberate it's not intentional it's like and that and that's like one of the worst that's one of the things i'm really trying to stay away from and so i've only got it on my my old phone so i'm not posting as much but what this allows me to do is stuff like this like live podcasts more podcasts more quality guests more articles oh, that you'll, cheers, you'll start to see more on it. No, not you. Uh, more, <laughs> more articles I'll see at rugby-muscle.com. I'm going to start typing up a lot more work because at the end of the day, like I've put a lot of time into a lot of the posts that I do and they disappear for most people never to be seen again after a day or two. Whereas like we still get people that listen to some of our old podcasts. Yeah, weirdos. Yeah, like... But no, it's great because like you can like you can legit go on and binge listen and, and find valuable information from that stuff. Tell you you're what, not, not going to binge scroll or you're not going to binge. You're not going to go to my homepage on my profile Instagram and scroll through all of my posts. Like that just isn't done. If you are someone that does that, let me know because that's. I mean, I'll be intrigued. But I don't think I don't it, right exactly. You're already the weirdo. Whereas you can go through all the old YouTube stuff. You can go through everything like that. So I'm I'm gonna more of my stock towards that so make sure you're following rugby muscle on youtube um make sure you're regularly checking out rugby-muscle.com and make sure you're more in you know, you interact more in the script this allows me time to deliberately go to the rugby muscle athletes facebook page and like get some quality stuff up there with that being said let's get to the questions that we did ask. so um first this and this is the other reason i hate instagram here's here's the first quote-unquote question you ready for it that top pick is my gym. What's up with that? Sure. <laughs> good job. You go to puppet gym. What's, yep. what, what gym is it? Uh, we're not. We're not, ghetto booty pal. <laughs> uh, Benjamin Hodgson. I'm really. I don't want to like be a dick here. Uh, fair play to you, dude. Like, he's a strong guy, and we're we're just kind, we are just messing with you. But this is this is this is why. We're not doing Instagram stuff. Ghetto booty palb. Is this... <laughs> um, what is that gym called? It's a really good fucking gym. Physical culture. Physical culture in London. Check it out. And you could maybe see ghetto booty palb there. Um, next question. What is so important about the posterior chain? Or if you're American, posterior chain. Dude, that's a good question. Yeah, back of the body drives movement. I mean, I think so. If we're looking at like locomotion, it's it's pretty much hip extension, right? In every situation, unless we're backpedaling, which isn't really a power movement as such. Like it's all coming from the the leg driving backwards. If you're looking at most contact sports, it's extension of the hips. Extension. Of most the sports. Yeah, that's fair. Um, well, I, the reason I said that was I was actually going to talk about pulling. Um, 
But then I was like, ah, not so much pulling in rugby. Uh, and it's all about grappling. That's yeah, but saying. I mean, you still grapple in rugby. Yeah. Um, I think the back of the body is underrated in terms of providing stability as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think it's something that we kind of emphasize because, number one, we, um, like, you can see everything in the mirror muscles because you can see them in the mirror, right? And you can see them improve. You can see them grow, whatever. You don't, maybe you can see your back grow if you're, like, checking out your flexing back, but you don't see your posterior chain too much. And so it just, just because you don't see it a lot, it's, it's, it's almost like, um, it's almost like, co- it's almost like so cognitive, yeah, it's like your cognitive biases. Like you, if you don't see it on a day-to-day basis, you don't consider it. So we mm-hmm. as fitness professionals have to make the point to like, make sure that just because you don't like, just to overemphasize how important it is because you can't see it. And because it does drive a lot of movement, like walking on a daily basis is going to be initiated by the posterior chain sprinting moving around horizontally and moving around on a horizontal plane so if you're moving around the ground anywhere you're moving apart from if you're only if you're uh, literally uh, face uh, yeah yeah the only position that you're using only your quads and you're not using as much posterior chain is if you're backpedaling but apart from that if you're moving in any direction not up because you know we're not we're not there yet we're not playing hey, you, uh, st- you still would use your hips to jump right yeah but the point being is that you move around to play sport and to move around, you have to, that that's done by the posterior chain. So the better, so in terms of like how efficient and how strong you can be and how fast you can be and how powerful you can be, that's going to move you forward. Um, And then how much more control you have over those movements is going to help you move side to side and react and, and have better agility. I think the other thing is it's it's super obvious. Well, if you see some guy with a fucking massive back, you know he's strong, like yeah, like this naturally. You can... All right, next one. For sure, um, I think that might be our stun boo. Sweet, we've been we have been going for quite a while. Yeah, how long has it taken us? Because we've got that unlimited minutes deal going on. Uh, don't don't tell everyone how the sausage is made, mate. Um, I will. I, want, I do want to finish this off with Alex. Mm-hmm. People have missed the fact of the week. They've waited all the way to the end of the podcast. Like they've they've okay. been listening to this for for an hour or so. That's really what that's what Tommy wanted. Right? Tommy here just wanted an extra fact. Uh, you, do you know what? Every time I get a new guest on, I'm like, should I start reintroducing the fact of the week? <laughs> like, um. All right. Cool. Okay. So so in 2009. In fact, can- sorry. If you've if you've made it this far, go on to either I the uh, Apple Podcast. Give us a review and say, bring back the fact of the week, or go on to the Facebook group and comment on this video, bring back the fact of the week, I'll do it. Like, if, if I get a few people that say it, I'll do it. There's demand. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, if you say sorry for something in the court law, it can be considered an admission of guilt. Okay? That's not the fact of the week, that's just a thing. Okay? Because why would you say sorry for something you weren't guilty? Okay, sweet. So... Because Sorry. Canadians... This is what's happened. So I've gone on Instagram, and now I'm checking Instagram. You see how, like, little... But I do want to show you this, because this is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's true. What it's a great name! <laughs> it's pretty funny. Okay. Um, 
So yeah, we have this we have this admission of guilt by saying sorry. Canadians say sorry so much that in 2009, the Canadian government had to introduce a law that meant specifically saying sorry was not an admission of guilt. Really? Yeah. That's how polite Canadians are. That's hilarious. But it's also, go. you can be sorry about being guilty. I have a problem with that. Yeah, for sure. But in, in court, that's an admission of guilt. That's why if you ever have any legal issues, like, you're not really meant to say sorry to someone. Yeah. Because it because that's an admission oh, like, of guilt. Like, I'm, I'm sorry that other person shot you. Yeah. Boom. You're well, still... Like, I'm, yeah, well, like, I'm sorry you got shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> that's annoying. I'm sorry that everyone, like so many people in this world, are stupid. I genuinely am sorry, but you know, I feel sorry for these people. But... I find it hard to conversation sometimes. <laughs> I've noticed. I've noticed. All right. Um, all right. Alex, they've loved having you on. Where can people find more stuff about you? And do you want to keep continue to keep coming on this podcast? But maybe not in a room where people come in yelling. Yeah. Sorry about that. I, I, um, yeah, I have no control of that right now. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, we'll just have to make sure it's in the diary. I'm pretty busy right now. Lots of going on. Um, where can people find me? It's probably in person is the best way. Just uh, find me out, seek me out somewhere in London, East London. That's the best way? Yeah, find me, East, find me in East London. Or um, they can find your Instagram. I don't really use my Instagram. You do? No. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Show you when the last time I posted this. Okay, but when will people slide into your DMs? Uh, I try not to do that anymore. I'm a bit of a good boy at the moment. They slide into your DMs to ask you banded squat questions. What kind of questions would you ask? Jesus Christ. All right, don't worry. Don't worry. Don't follow Alex, okay? Yeah, don't worry about I, it. I, I, don't, I don't want your... Uh, don't don't do any of this. But if you want him to come back on the pod, let us know and we'll make sure it happens. Yeah. Alex... This has been a pleasure, man. Can you believe it? We've made to 150 episodes. I mean, I made like 50. I think, yeah, you got to about 60 or so. Yeah, I know yeah. what you mean. Um, busy. I was going through our whole story the other day about how, like, it was, uh, like, we were doing well, and then Roppy Dump came along, and then they were like, oh, this is, and we're like, this is going to be a great opportunity, and then they kind of killed it. Yeah, I mean, we had this conversation the other day. Like, if you look at where we started, where we are now, like who we're working with. Oh, stuff, dude, yeah, hundred like, yeah. percent. And actually, I I look back on some of the things that I did when I first started. Yeah. Um, oh, fucking hell, what an idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. So, in terms of like, yeah, we've come a long way. If we if we're both at that level, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and it, and it and if you're listening and you've joined us on this way, it's been a pleasure having you along the way. Like, and we want to keep you getting involved. So be an active member of the Rugby Muscle community. We've got Rugby Muscle training camp coming very soon. I'm really excited about this. I'm pumped about this. Alex, I might tell you about more, more about this offline. Um, yeah, man. Go for it, actually. But it's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped for this to get going. So if you're interested, just shoot me a message. Otherwise, I'll, I'll catch you in your DMs or in your emails. Um, oh, TJ actually, underscore Rugby is where I'm not posting too much. But you can get 50 free conditioning sessions at rugbymuscle.com. Um, find out more about stuff but again i think rugby muscle athletes facebook page is probably where you want to get that's where you can get links to everything else i'll tell you what actually if people do really want to find me and if you're in Bermondsey or greenwich i've got two new gyms opening up in the next couple of months so is it, is it to do with crossfit london no oh brand new ones oh interesting yeah, no. so if you're in east london or in south of the river 
There we go. That's where you find me. All right, guys. Thank you for everyone that joined us on the live group um, or the live recording on the group. Thank you for everyone that's made it through all the way to the end. We're about to hit 120 minutes. I'm going to stop it before we get to there. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you guys in the... How do I stop this from going live? <laughs> see you guys in the next one.